We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. All right, hello everyone and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. Glad to have you here. Sup? Yeah. How are you doing? Fair. <laughs> Fair to Midland. Okay. So for today's question, it probably could go a lot of different ways and have a bigger part to it, um, but we're going to focus on the first part of the question as it was sent to us. And it was simply, probably not a simple question, but it was how do we know when an Old Testament prophecy is fulfilled in the New Testament? When the New Testament tells you so, let's get right, church, now let's go. No, that's the answer, that's, but right. let's discuss it in a little bit more depth. Yeah, because I think that they're diving deeper into it. It's how do we know and how do we not like force the text to, to be fulfilling something? How can yeah. we tell that it was intended to be fulfilled in the New Testament? Well, the, the simple answer is, if the, if the passage from the Hebrew Bible mm -hmm. is quoted in the New Testament, mm. then and the New Testament writer tells you this is what that passage meant, then we know that that's a legitimate uh, fulfillment. Now, yeah. uh, let's, let's back up a second, because, excuse me, most people think fulfilled means that something was predicted in the old mm. Bible, and now it's coming true in the new. Yeah, because I think that's people's general understanding of prophecy is it's almost future telling. Yeah, but that's not the idea most of the time for the word fulfilled. Yeah. For example, what you got? let's go to some actual predictions from the Old Testament. Okay. And let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 2, and let's read verses 4 through 6 there, Brother Yed. Okay, now we're reading in the New Testament. Right. Yes, we are. Okay, Matthew chapter 2, starting in verse 4 through 6. 4 through 6. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophets. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. From you, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd who will shepherd my people Israel. All right, so the scribes pointed um, these magi to uh, um, Micah chapter 5, verse 2, which is the quotation here that you mm. read from in verse 6. But notice in verse 5, there's no, this prophecy was fulfilled. It just says mm. it is written. Yeah. This is a straightforward prediction in the Old Testament, and most of the time, the word fulfilled is not used with reference to predictions. Hmm. The prophet Micah simply predicted that the future ruler of God's people would come from Bethlehem, Ephrathah. Yeah. And that was straightforward. It was a prediction. Um, but later in the chapter, for example, if you'll go over to... 
um, verse 14 and 15, mm-hmm. when Mary and Joseph had to go to Egypt and then they got to come back, you know, when, yeah. when uh, Herod was dead. Read 14 and 15. It says, And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. And notice the word fulfill is used here. Yeah. But if we go to Hosea 11 and verse 1. Got to find Hosea? Yes, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah. Yes, I know. Daniel, Hosea. (laughs) Hosea 11. Markers 11, there it is. Verse 1, and read a little bit there. He says, when Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. Wait a minute now. What's that scripture actually about in its context? Well, it says, when Israel was a child. I loved him. Yeah, and if you keep on reading down in the next several verses, I taught Ephraim to walk, mm-hmm. and I treated him like my beloved child, and then yep. he turned against me and all that kind of stuff. Right, right. So that passage, any Jew would tell you that that passage is talking about Israel, right. God's son. Yeah. Okay. So then how come it's being applied to Jesus, the baby boy, up here? Well, that's because the word fulfilled means... That something that had a literal contextual meaning in the Hebrew Bible now has a fuller spiritual meaning mm. in the experience of Jesus Christ. Okay. See, so it's not a prediction. Okay, it's a literal passage in the Hebrew Bible that now has a spiritual or full mm-hmm. meaning. Yeah. In the New, another huh. example. Let's go to John nineteen. Okay. John 19. You're finding John easier than you found uh, Jose. Okay, never mind. John 19. It's all where I have markers in my Bible. Yeah, verse 30. 30, okay. 32 through 36. Uh, 32 through 36. Here we go. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth that you may also believe. For these things took place in the script that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. Ah, now again we have the word fulfilled. Okay, so I'm just going to take a guess that it's not a prediction, it's something that already had happened in it's the Old It's not Testament. a prediction at all. In fact, it's a cooking instruction. Go back, it is. That's go, all sorts now of keep, weird. Keep your hands, yeah, it is. Okay. Keep your hands in there and go back to Exodus 12. Okay. I looked up on the internet like how to make a meatloaf the other day and stuff. I thought you were gonna say you looked up on the internet <laughs> this passage. And this is a <laughs> lamb recipe. Let's go back to Exodus 12, 44. 6, 45 and 46. Okay. Uh, no foreigner or hired servant may eat of it. That's talking about the Passover. Yep. Uh, it shall be eaten in one house. You shall take uh, not take any of the flesh outside of the house, and you shall not break any of its bones. All right. So we're talking about how to roast and cook and eat the Passover lamb. Uh-huh. And they did it that night and on every Passover, but spiritually... Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. 
and the, and the instruction said, do not break a bone of it. And the, the crucified Christ mm -hmm. was spiritually fulfilling that, but that was not a prediction. It was mm. cooking instruction. Yeah. See, this is drastically different than you typically hear about prophecy fulfillment. Too bad. It's what the Bible says. Yeah. Okay. So, so fulfilled means what it means is that something that had a literal contextual Jewish meaning back then now has a spiritual meaning mm -hmm. as it applies to Christ. So would we say that it is being made complete or being perfected or would we use any of those phrases? It is being um, spiritually realized in the experience of Christ. Okay. And the only one who could reveal this spiritual meaning of the Old Testament was the Messiah. Hmm. And Jesus did that in, yeah. in Luke 24, where he said, these things I spoke to you while I was yet with you, how that all things that are written about me in the law, the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Okay. And then he opened their minds that they might understand the scriptures because they never could see mm -hmm. them that way until Jesus explained it. That yeah. Way. So this would be, so I guess would we say that the whole book of Hebrews is almost trying to show the fulfillment of the Old Testament because of how often it says, here's how it was and here's how it is now. Yes, except you're exactly right. The book of Hebrews, I don't know that it uses the term fulfilled, okay. but it is doing that. Yeah. Um, some of the scriptures, for example, in Hebrews, like mm -hmm. in Hebrews 8, starting in verse 7, are, are straightforward predictions. Okay. And uh, some are fulfillments, but uh, the difference between a prediction that came true, mm -hmm. a prediction is something that just says this is going to happen and it happened. Yeah. See, and there are those in the old, in the old Bible. There are those predictions like Micah 5, 2. I was going to say, so predictions and prophecies. Predictions and fulfillments. They're both prophecy. Ah. Prophecy is just something that was revealed by the Holy Spirit. Okay. Whether it's preaching about a current situation mm -hmm. or a prediction yeah. or a spiritual statement that would be realized later, all of that is prophecy. Okay. But under the category of prophecy, you have predictions mm -hmm. and you have spiritual fulfillments. Mm. All right. So okay. go to Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 8, okay. starting in verse 7, and notice that there's no word fulfilled here. It says, for if... Uh, for if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion for the second. For he finds fault with them when he says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. All right, notice, I will establish a new covenant. There's yeah. nothing that's not straightforward about that. That yeah. is a straightforward prediction. Yeah. The word fulfilled is not used. It's mm -hmm. a straightforward prediction okay okay so in your mind out there you you see if this is not right try to separate in your mind predictions that came true mm -hmm. from spiritual fulfillments now another one for example a prediction yeah um god's promise to abraham in genesis 12 yeah i will make of you a great nation that's right. pretty straightforward yep you know, I will bless you and make your name great. Whoever blesses you, I will bless. Whoever curses you, I will curse. In you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. That's a prediction. Sure. 
that one is not, the word fulfilled is not attached to that one. Ah, okay. See, that's a prediction. Yeah. So Genesis 12, Micah 5, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Jeremiah 31, those are predictions. Mm -hmm. Some of these others we talked about are fulfillments. Okay. Now so they, what do we, I guess, just to continue to clarify, how do we say a prediction, do we just say it's completed? A or? prediction came true. Came true. Okay. Because I'm trying to make sure. Is See, it, we, our terminology is not biblical terminology. Yeah, and that's where I guess I'm going, is it going to be a problem if someone says about a prediction that the prediction was fulfilled? Well, it's not, except they're not using biblical language. There we go. That, so that creates a misunderstanding about what we're talking about when the Bible does say yeah. it's fulfilled. And because some people, assuming mm. the meaning that you've always assumed, they'll, yeah. they'll say, well, this isn't, this isn't fulfilled. This is cooking instructions. Right. Right. But they don't know what that means. So I guess then the biblical term for it's predicted and it came true. Happened. It happened. Okay. Yeah. So there's no special term of like, look, it was so, it just, it happened. It came true. That's right. It was truth. Yeah. It, it, it came to pass. It, it, there we go. It actually happened in the future. As God said, the God yeah. who cannot lie. Um, the, there are others like, for example, many people have trouble with, the Isaiah seven fourteen one. This is where mm -hmm. everybody's hair stands on end. Yeah. But if you really read in Isaiah seven, um, there was a conspiracy in Isaiah seven between Syria and the northern kingdom of Israel against Judah in the south. Mm -hmm. And King Ahaz was terrified of these two northern kingdoms ganging up and dethroning him in the south. Yeah. And uh, so Isaiah. And his son go to talk to Ahaz, and they say, quit being afraid. It's not going to happen. You just need to trust that, that God is going to take care of you, and don't worry about this. It's not going to happen. Yeah. See? But Ahaz wasn't willing to trust the Lord. He was wanting to make an alliance with the bigger king, the king mm -hmm. of Assyria. Yep. And Isaiah says, the Lord himself will give you a sign, you being Ahaz. Right. And it says, you know, a young woman will conceive and bear a son, and you're going to call his name Emmanuel. Mm -hmm. And then if people stop right there, but if you read the next two verses, Isaiah, read 7, 14, 15, 16. Okay. Uh, it says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will conceive and bear a son and sh shall call his name Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey when he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the boy knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land whose two kings you dread will be deserted. All right. The land whose two kings you dread, if you read the rest of the chapter, mm -hmm. is Syria and Israel to the north. Mm -hmm. So he's talking about a kid that would be born in the time of Ahaz. Mm. All right. And um, Isaiah's wife is the young woman that's going to have the son. And that boy, every time she hollers at him, Emmanuel, get in here for supper. She's saying, God is with us. God is with us. Mm. God is with us. Which was Isaiah's message to Ahaz. Yeah. See, quit worrying about making a foreign alliance because God is with us. Hmm. See? And so all of Isaiah's kids had names that were signs to the house of Israel. Hmm. Uh, if you read um, chapter 8, verse 1 and 2, and compare it to chapter 7, verse 14 through 16, you'll see a great similarity. Read for us. It says, Then the Lord said to me, Take a large tablet and write on it in common characters, belonging to the 
Maher Shalal Hashbaz. Good job, you bearded one. Yeah, and I will get reliable witness. Uriah the priest and Zechariah the son of, and that one I'm not going to do so well. Okay. Jeberechiah to attest for me. That's funny just watching you say that stuff. Keep reading. <laughs> and I went to the prophets and she conceived and Well, let's read a little better. Prophetess. Yeah, you go. Yes. Let's start over. Went to the prophetess and she conceived and bore a son. Then the Lord said to me, call his name Mahershalel Hashbaz. Yes, before the boy knows how to cry, my father or my mother, the wealth of Damascus and the spoil of Samaria will be carried away before the kings of Assyria. All right, so if if you compare, what verse was the one I went in to see the prophetess? Verse 3? That was verse 3. If you compare verse 3 there in chapter 8 to Isaiah 7, 14, mm -hmm. you'll see great similarities between those verses. Mm -hmm. And if you compare verse 4, mm -hmm. where he says... Before he learns how to cry out and all that sort of stuff, and then the wealth will be carried away. Of those two northern of kingdoms. Two kingdoms. Now yeah. compare verse 16 in the previous chapter. Mm -hmm. Before to those. the... Yeah, yeah before the two kings will be uh, that you dread, they will be deserted. And before the boy knows how to choose mm -hmm. the good and refuse the evil, right. the, two, the two lands whom you're afraid of will be deserted, see? Mm. So you can see there's a strict parallel there in yeah. the context. So contextually, that passage was all completed mm. in the time of Isaiah in the 8th century mm. B.C., even though it's going to bother people. But when you come to the book yeah. of Matthew, okay. especially if you're confusing this with a prediction, mm. you're going to be worried, see? Everybody thinks, okay. oh, you're trying to deny the virgin birth. No, we're not, because Matthew says clearly that Mary mm. was a virgin and had oh, never known a man. Yeah. But go down to verse uh, 22. 22. All this took place to... Fulfill uh -oh. what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So the fulfillment is that that little boy back then was called God is with us because mm -hmm. God wanted to remind Ahaz mm -hmm. that God was with him and he yeah. needed to trust God. But in the fullest spiritual sense possible, the mm. Son of God was literally with Emmanuel. Yeah. God is with mm. us. That's the thing that's fulfilled. And the fact that this happens, like if someone starts reading the New Testament, chapter 1, fulfillment, if you don't understand that difference, that's going to set you up for yes. all sorts of other misunderstandings. Here's the thing. Most of the time, I'm not saying it's never used the other way, but most of the time, Fulfillment means that something that had a literal meaning in the Old Testament now has a full spiritual meaning in God's plan with Jesus Christ. Mm. It does not mean that there was a prediction that came true. Yeah. But there are okay. several predictions in the Hebrew Bible that come true. But yeah. the, the, the terminology fulfilled is most likely not being used with those. Okay. All right. Now, so real, qu real quick, this may just for some people out there, because I know that we've gotten questions about this. Yeah. Is there a particular like Greek word for fulfilled uh -huh. that would help them identify that? Playrothe. Playrothe. Okay. Playrothe. It is fulfilled. Okay. 
All right. And so a um, couple of passages, one passage in particular that will help you with this. In 2 Corinthians 3, mm -hmm. starting in verse 6, Paul says that God has given him sufficiency to be a minister of the new covenant. And then he says, not of the letter, but of the spirit. Mm -hmm. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Mm -hmm. The letter is the literal, contextual Jewish meaning of the Old Testament. Mm. The spirit is the spiritual, fuller meaning as it's realized in mm. Christ. Okay. And so if you go down to verse um, 15 and 16, Paul is talking about, 14 and 15 and 16, he's talking about people who read the Old Testament only seeing the literal and what their problem right. is. Read there. Uh, there in verse 14, their minds were hardened for to this day when they read the Old Covenant. When they do what now? When they read the Old Covenant, uh, that same veil remains unlifted because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, when, when Moses is read, that's right, and the old law is read, a veil law lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, who does that mean? Do you think? I think that means when one turns to Jesus. That's exactly right. Then the veil is removed. All right. Now read verse seventeen. Okay. Now the Lord, the Lord who Christ Jesus is the what the Spirit, as opposed to the what as opposed to the law. As opposed the to written, the letter. The letter, the yeah, written see? law. So if you want the spiritual mm -hmm. meaning of the Old Testament, you'll find it in Christ. Ah, okay. You go back to yeah. verse 6. We're not ministers of the letter, but of the Spirit. Mm. We're not going to preach literal Judaism. We're going to preach the spiritual meaning of the yeah. Old Testament. Jesus Christ, Lamb of God. Then we could get into the whole, and that's why it's important to study the Old Testament and not just leave it be. And yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. But yeah, the rest of that passage just finishes all that out. Just saying, and that's where the freedom freedom is found. That's where all the full freedom from the letter or the literal yeah. Judaistic meaning of the Old Testament. Yeah. So anyway, 2 Corinthians 3, 6 through 18 will really help you um, see the concept. But the basic answer to the to the questioner's question is you only know if a prediction comes true or if a spiritual uh, meaning is realized if the writers of the New Testament mm. tell you so mm. plainly. Yeah. End of story. Don't try to force something in. No speculations yeah. allowed. It's the only way you know. Mm. And, uh, and most of the time, the, the nice thing is a lot of times when it's quoting an Old Testament passage, your English translation tries to set it apart and then give you a note. Right. So pay attention to those things. Right. But also read your Old Testament so that you know it's there. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this was good because I've never heard those two distinctions put in there. But And also remember that prophecy does not mean future telling. Prophecy is simply something that was delivered to a prophet by divine inspiration. It could be Jeremiah preaching to Israel about their sins. That's prophecy. Yeah. You know, but in those cases where a prediction was made, that's a type of prophecy. Mm. And in those cases where something had a literal Judaistic meaning in the, in the Hebrew Bible mm -hmm. and has a spiritual meaning in Christ, that's a fulfillment. But all of it is prophecy. Hmm. Okay. So I'm sure 
Maybe that, some other questions that's, might come that's out of that. has got some other questions attached to it. I mean, we could go in a million directions. I won't tee any of them up, just in case we do come to them. War. <laughs> yeah. But if you have questions, or if you have a specific passage that you're thinking, now what about this one? Because it does or doesn't use the word fulfilled, but I've heard it used as a fulfillment passage before. By all means, send those our way. Uh, we'll try to respond to them directly or possibly do it in a future video. So thanks again for joining us for these discussions. This one's been fun. It has been. Yeah. So I like these good fundamental basic things that help us with yeah. our basic understanding. So keep the questions coming because this discussion came straight out of a question that someone sent in to us. Yep. So thanks again, and we'll see you. I think we're going to be doing these every other week, trying to set some things up for the long term. So we'll see you probably in two weeks. Have a great Bye. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.